0: This week's guest is Kadrian Pasul. Originally born and raised in Estonia, Kadrien currently lives in Norway. We talked with Kadrian about her first job in the industry as a waitress while in high school. We discussed the time she spent working on a ferry and how this led to her interest in a career in the industry, and how working as a barback led to her gaining the knowledge and experience that she needed to become a bartender. We also cover how participating in competitions caused Cadrian to improve her skills and use the competition as a learning platform. As always, another great guest on an episode you'll definitely enjoy.
1: We are back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. I'm Kip Saunders. This is Dan Zaretto. What's going on, Dan?
0: Not much. Just uh, celebrating some time away from work during the Christmas holidays. Uh, What about you?
1: Uh, Yeah, pretty much the same. There's not a whole lot of point in opening bars. Right, these days, so we're yeah. getting sort of an extended break. We're not going to be open for New Year's Eve or anything like that. I'm anticipating a lockdown any day now. We're recording this on December 27th, so we'll see how that goes. If, if they actually let bars open on New Year's Eve, it'll be a miracle, but they're already saying we can't be open till midnight, so what's the point?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not looking too good. Yeah. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. You no. <laughs> <laughs> can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, you really can't.
1: Uh, okay, so we have a great guest as usual for you this week. And uh, Kedra and Basu will be joining us very shortly. Before we get there, we should remind you that the best way to support the show is to subscribe, rate, and review. It only takes a couple minutes and it helps us out a great deal. In addition, if you wish to be a guest on the show and you're in the service industry, you can email us at, industry at the ind- or, sorry, info at the club or you can DM us directly at The Industry Podcast on Instagram. Of course, as always, a big shout out to Zach Hanna at ZachHanna.co. That's where he does take care of the artwork for the show, and he's terrific. So if you need any graphic design done, he's your guy. Give him a shout. All right. Well, enough about us. Let's bring in our guest this week. We have Kajran Pasool coming to us from Norway. How are you, Kajran? I'm
2: good. Thank you. Yeah,
0: thanks yeah, for coming thanks on the for show.
1: doing this.
2: Yeah, my pleasure, totally my pleasure, and a massive honor, to be honest.
1: Well, don't don't feel too honored. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <I> am. <laughs> so you are our first guest coming to us from Norway, and but you're originally by way of Estonia. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay, yes, so what's, exactly. the situ- what's the situation like, uh, we just have to ask this now for people who are coming to us from different areas of the world, regarding covid in norway are you and bars and restaurants are you guys allowed to be open are you on lockdown what's the status
2: well in you know, estonia you know, it's actually been on and off uh, for two years now like summer is crazy body until you want to, and then the autumn arrives and everything is like going slowly and slowly and actually i think hospitality industry and like uh, everyone around it not only the people working there but uh, also like artists and every, everyone who is in this somehow connected with this industry they are the ones who have gotten the biggest loss overall I think because for example in for, for at least in Estonia because there there's always been restrictions but they're like kind of small but actually for a bar if you have to close at 10 o'clock that is when your make time is Here in Norway though, when I arrived here, I've been here now, tomorrow will be exactly one month. Then at first there was nothing. Uh, In Estonia, for example, you can't let even uh, people in if they don't have the COVID pass. So you have to control it. Like no one can come in if they don't have it. But here it's not a thing. So it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not or whatever. But first week in when we opened, we opened the 2nd of December. Our bar, it's a really new bar, and we got to be open for one weekend. And then the first restriction came in Ugh. was that we had to close at 12 o'clock. It wasn't a big thing for us because we closed at 1 anyway. But then came the seating that you only can get a certain amount of people in. And right now, we're in four-week time that we can't sell any alcohol. So basically, in the whole country, what? you can only buy alcohol from uh, Ville Monopole, which is basically like the wine shop. So, and that is uh, owned by government. So, right. and, and in the supermarkets as well, like, but in supermarkets here in Norway, you can only sell until 4.7 alcohol. So everything above that, you have to buy from the Ville Monopole. So basically when you're a bar, you're fucked up because your yeah. main, your main thing comes from the alcohol. So, so, yeah, it's it's weird times, but we're hanging on. We're doing um, another thing that is not allowed here is to sell takeaway alcohol. So, no pre-mixes uh, cocktail-wise. But what we do is syrups and so on, so people can just add their alcohol. So, this is holding us afloat.
1: That's crazy. I was complaining. and I bitch and complain every week on this show about Ontario, but you got it way worse.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, like in Australia, why I actually wanted to... I had this thing for a few months already before I moved here, before I even had the opportunity to come here. That I wanna get, go away for the at least winter holiday to work in like ski resorts or something because this whole two year, almost two years soon it uh, hasn't been like full lockdown all the time, but these small restrictions they actually they tire you more, and you don't know when the next one kicks in, and then you're open, and yeah. then you're closed, and then you're open, and it's just. It really fucks up your brain and 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 psychologically it's really tiring and you like feel stressed out all the time and you don't know mm-hmm. why and you're like stressed out and you're like actually I'm fine, I have my job, I have my home, I have everything all right but you're always stressed out so it, it was really hard for me, that's why I wanted to move away but it, it's not better here, although I feel better here, somehow I'm more relieved or I don't know. <laughs>
1: No, I think you're right, though, the like the constant jerking around back and forth, different restrictions. You don't know when they're coming down. You don't know what they're going to be. You don't know how long they're going to last. It, it is mentally draining. And it's like in, in in the over the last couple of years, the service industry has been hit so hard with all of this COVID nonsense that it's kind of like we're already stressed out enough without you constantly moving the goalpost on us, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get that. Okay, so enough about COVID. Fuck that shit anyway. It's awful. That's so <laughs> all
2: everyone just... talks about. You can't have a conversation these days without talking about COVID.
1: It's hard, though. It's hard, Kate. <laughs> like, you start, and it's like, I found this in so many of my conversations lately, especially with people in the service industry, because we've been so affected by it. Like, you go out of your way to not talk about it, but you somehow always end up talking about it.
3: <laughs> there yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about you. That'll be more exciting. (laughs) So, talk to us about how you got into the service industry, what your first jobs were, and uh, why you decided to stick around.
2: Well, it was around mm, ten years ago, I'd say, and it first started out as a summer job at my like. I'm actually from South of Estonia myself, although I've been living in Tallinn for like in the capital for like eight nine years now. And before that, I spent every summer at my grandma's place. It was a little city in the south of Estonia, and there was a restaurant where my friend was working, and she was a waitress there. But it wasn't like this basic, basic like waitress shop. So basically, there um, you order from the bar, you get your drinks from the bar, and then we, the waitresses, we only took the food to the table and cleaned tables. So we, being 15, it was okay for me to work there because I wasn't doing anything with alcohol. And it started there, and from the September, it started in the summer, and then from September I went to school in Tallinn. I just told my parents, like, fuck you, I'm not staying here, I'm going to the capital. To high school. <laughs> like, fuck you. But, I, but I still needed to earn some money, and it was like, they really wanted me there where I was working. So basically, every weekend, I went from Tallinn to South of Estonia, so it's like two and a half, three hour ride. Most of the time, I hitchhiked, uh, because I didn't have any money. Uh, but I still did it because I didn't find any job in Estonia, and most of the places wanted you to be 18 or older because you needed to serve the alcohol and so on. But then I think in the winter time I got my first job in Tallinn, and then I was like, okay, I can't, I can't, every weekend I can't do this, it's so tiring. And yeah, then that was my first like waitressing job. It was a small sushi bar, first I was a waitress, and I learned how to make sushi, so I became a... Cook there I did the sushi rolls and I was there on and off for I think two or three years even. and then I went to work on a ferry that goes okay before, before to we
1: now. sorry to interrupt you before we get to that, let's yeah. talk a little bit more about the talent uh, in general. I don't know anything about that city so maybe uh, talk to our listeners a little bit about what the city is like, what the, the bar and restaurant scene is like there. Like, is, it, are, is there a lot of cocktail lounges, or is it more restaurants, more pubs? Describe it a little bit for us.
3: Well, it's a small
2: city. And mm. It's a big city for us, Estonians, because it's our biggest city, but it, it's really small city. And I've been living around a little, and it is a small city. But compared to its size, we have too many restaurants, bars, pubs, whatever. <laughs> They're just building more and more. And I'm like, for who? We don't have so many people. But... Uh, <laughs> I think the quality there is pretty high mm, because, you know, because there's so many different bars and restaurants, you have to do a good thing to actually survive. So you just can't do, oh, I'm just going to do a of place that you actually have to offer quality. And there, like, I would say um, there's really, like, the cocktail bars we have there, there's not, like, many I like cocktail, cocktail bars, I think 10 to 20 maybe, but they're really high quality. And then they're like more simple bars a lot. And then there's restaurants. We have really good restaurants and the quality quality is really good. And actually people go out. But what I see, maybe it's just my point of view, but as much as I've been around, is that you can see that there's too many places because, okay, right now, yeah, some of the places are full. And so, but overall, what you see is that not everything is always full, even if it's a good place. But I think it comes from the fact that, that there's so many places that so you can not fill right. it all up. And also Estonians are the biggest whiners in the world. They like to whine about <laughs> everything. So if something is a little bit off, they're like, yeah, I'm not going there. I'm like, come on, come on. <laughs> it was a rush. It was a 150 people and you had to wait 15 minutes for your really specific ch- signature cocktail. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah <laughs> people like to complain a lot
1: well that's i think that's pretty universal but <laughs> we all find that no matter what bar you work in you get a lot of fucking whiners. that's for sure yeah, and i, I think I, a lot of that just comes from the fact that they don't understand what we do right yeah so like yeah. they don't understand the work that goes into it or how, why it's taking so long and people are starting to get a little bit more of an idea of that at least here yeah. or, as to like if you're going to a Get a craft cocktail at a busy spot, you're going to expect to wait a little bit for it and people are getting a little bit more cool with that, but you're always going to have the people where nothing's nothing's good enough, right?
2: <laughs> mm. And it's like um, people more and more like know about cocktails. At least I, I've been here for so little time and I'm like this really small town. It's really, really small town. So basically, everything I do, hear people are like, "Oh my God, wow, wow, <laughs> like, wow!" Because it, it is a small town, and uh, but actually, at the same time, the community is really supporting, and it's incredible uh, to see that how everyone is supporting us. But in Estonia, what I what I what I saw is that people more and more know what to order. They more and but no cocktails and uh, and alcohols and different spirits. They're not coming in for like. I want gin and tonic, and I'm like watching. Oh, you have a good selection. Okay, I know this one and this one. Um, I'll try this one. Can you recommend me something good? I like this, this. this. So they actually they want to try different things, and they're more eager to learn about new things. And they know of a cocktail. What is like people come in and uh, I like to have a Negroni, and you're like, you know what a Negroni is. Wow, good. But especially the people you would say they come in and you wouldn't say they know anything about cocktails. So right. that's, that's a good thing, and, and I love to see that, actually.
1: Nice. Okay, so then you went to, so we'll get into the ferry now. You were working on a ferry for a while. Just, like, where? What, talk to me about that job, and where? what was the ferry's route?
2: Uh, so basically, Tallinn and Helsinki. Helsinki is the capital of Finland. Mm-hmm. They're really close. It's like 80 kilometers or something. And we go, we have ferries riding from back and forth, like, six times a day or something. And I went to work there because it, it was, as I've heard, my sister worked there already for a few years on different ships, though, but still. Um, and I went to work there because it's good money and it's a simple job. But I would say, first thing, I think every person, we all heard that, that every, and we all think that, that every person should once at least work in the hospitality industry. Yeah. But I think in Estonia, at least, every, person, every young person should work on a ferry because you get a life school from there. <laughs> it's not. It's it's. It, you don't get not mu- much about like the hospitality industry because it's like like this. It's just one uh, one ride. The next one, it goes round and round and round for two weeks in a row because you're on a ship for two weeks in a row. You don't go off, and it's it's not. You don't do any like anything special there, but the life there and the people you see, and that you're two weeks with the same people living together, and also and the, like the customers, it's something else. I haven't had any like crazy stories, but my sister has told me stories and you're like, seriously, like how is this even possible that people act like that?
1: Oh, yeah. So, so
2: yeah, it's, it's it's cool.
1: Give us one of your sister's stories then, just so, uh, <laughs> give us a crazy story from your sister.
2: Well, I have one of myself that actually, <clears throat> it was 10 years biggest storm on this small sea And it was really hard to work. And and you see this, you know, Estonians and Finnish people, we kind of do these jokes about each other. And we laugh about each other. But you just see the Finnish people, they're like, they don't even stand up because the boat is like uh, shaking so much. And they still come up. They almost throw up, but they still come to to your register. And they're like, can I buy a beer and some food? And you're like, you're drawing up. Please don't eat anymore. <laughs> anymore, and they keep going. But more about the crazier stories is that my sister, like one time, it was like in between two rides. So there's usually like twenty minutes pause when there's no one on the ship, and she was just opening up her bar. And one of the first customers were like, "Sorry, you have poop here," like showing in front of the bar. And my sister was like, w- "What?" And she went out from the bar, and she saw there was a literal poop on the floor and it wasn't the talk. it was someone like literally shitted
1: took inside a shit spot. right inside of the floor. <laughs> how did nobody yeah,
2: notice it's like, op- it's like <laughs> open place and I'm like how 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 and they're like people there it's a two hour drive um, or like ride from Thailand to Helsinki and on Friday the Fridays are the worst you get really drunk Finnish people who just the moment they get on the ship they get shit-faced, like, totally. So <laughs> and they don't know how to take alcohol. They're, like, sleeping everywhere, and they're just throwing up. And another thing you get on Fridays is the working class, like, the uh, builders, and there's a lot of... It's a really regular thing in Estonia, that people from Estonia work in Finland. A lot of them, like, went there to live there. They, like, work and live there. But big part of the builders, especially, because they're... They, for Estonians, it's a big money, but for Finnish people it's cheaper to hire Estonians. Mm. Um, and this is like the regular, like Friday afternoon, evening drives were the best because you know, this, these guys were like, yo, I'm the coolest person alive. Like Fuck it, look at me. <laughs> and they're just coming through it just there and you're like, well, what? just chill, chill for a second. They're like, can I, can I get you back of cigarettes? And you see them on a Sunday evening, those same faces going back with no money hangover as fuck and they're going back with the depression on their faces and You're like, yeah, yeah, the faces, faces. so that's like every Friday, Sunday that's uh, Dan we're on quite a
1: stretch of uh, people shitting on floors uh, stories <laughs> on our podcast here because that's what people are going to start knowing us for
0: yeah I've got a couple of these now a couple of stories for the last couple of guests in a row like this <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know what the deal is yeah yeah <laughs> So when you, uh, so you're on, uh, how long did you work on the ferry though? Because that sounds like it would be fun for a little bit, but maybe not for so long.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I went uh, on September and then at first I was thinking like, although I heard like horror stories that summer, summer months in on the ferry working is the craziest. Like you, you really want to kill yourself. It's so crazy. Like every, it's like fully booked all day, every day, because the Finnish people are going back and forth. Uh, for vacations and so on. And at first I was like, no, I'm not going to stay for summer. But then I thought, you know what? I'm going to stay. It's good money and so on. But then I actually got, um, like on the ferries, this company I was working for, it's it does for like all the new workers, like basic uh, waitressing course. And you learn the basics about alcohol. Before that, for me, whiskey, brandy, cognac, everything, rum, it was all the same. You know, this upper shelf star clicker. I had no idea what's different. And then we had the basic course, and I learned about it, and I was like, wow, wow, this is so interesting. And I really got into that. And I actually signed up for the course in uh, EBA, which is Estonian Partending Association. And they're the best ones right now, I'd say, to if you want to study about bartending. And I did that and i told to my restaurant manager on the ferry that yo i did that thing and i'm really interested in working in bar can i can you maybe put me in a bar and but she didn't let her have her reasons i don't know why but uh, she didn't and then i was like you know what i'm done i want to work in a Mm. bar and i quit at the end of may and for the summer actually for a month i was just I was searching for a job. I didn't get one job because of my tattoos. And I was like, okay, you're lost. Right now I'm happy that they're going to hire me because that got me so much more places. But but yeah, and then I started as uh, my first, like a real bar job as a bar back in one of the coolest buildings and craziest looking bars in Tallinn called La Rosa. And that's where it all started off. About, yeah, now almost six years ago.
1: Right, and so we've had a few people on the show who have done that, sort of gone through that process of working as a bar back before they started bartending. Did you, how do you feel like that experience helped you when you finally moved back behind the bar and started making things yourself?
2: I really loved it, to be honest, because although I had the basic course, like everyone was like, oh, you know about stuff, you learned, and I'm like, I don't know anything. And I didn't have like real bar experience. So for me, it was actually a big relief that, I can do the drinks. It was if it was like a slower night, but I didn't have the responsibility to do it really quick or know everything. So, so it was a really, it was really, I was really appreciating that I didn't didn't have to be bar at first. Um, right. But it was really challenging as well because I was working me and six guys, and they were total pushbacks. I love them. They, teach me a lot, they were total pushbacks, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. Like, not all of them, but uh, especially two of them. They just love to really, really get on my nerves, So, <laughs> <laughs> and But yeah, and then I think it was like the whole summer. Actually, I was a bar pack. It was a crazy summer and this place was crazy. There was my first Friday night there, my first Friday night as actually working in a real bar, as a bar pack. We closed at three o'clock, but I got away from the house like 6.30 in the morning. Because it was such a crazy party, and we had so many glasses to wash and everything, and and after that, I was like, okay, so this is this is what this is about. This this is bartending. You get a home when the sun is already up, and uh, so on. So, but I loved it, and um, I think uh, in somewhat in autumn, like September, October, my head bartender and the service manager were like you know what, we actually wanted to put you in a bar before, but we can't lose a good bar back. And I totally, I didn't get it back yeah. then, but now I'm like, finding a good yeah, bar do. Back. Yeah, <clears throat> do, yeah. Finding good bar Impossible. Impossible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I've gone through that a number of times myself, where it's like, I know this person wants to bartend, and if I don't start or serve, and if I don't give them that job, they're probably going to leave and get it somewhere else. But I just, like, yeah, I don't want to lose you as a barback because you're so useful. Like it's 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 a catch twenty-two, but there's not much you can do about it. Eventually, people are going to want out of that job and get into jobs where they make more money, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. So uh, when when did you finally kind? Did you end up having to leave that place to get your a bartending job, or did they eventually finally promote you?
2: <laughs> promote me as a bartender, but then I got a better offer, uh, better payment. Actually, it was the same company. I was working in a ferry. They also have hotels and spas, and they opened their first like only restaurants because in the hotels, they had restaurants, but they opened their first just restaurants And I was called there. It was a good payment. Uh, I helped open it up, but I felt this like P company thing is not for me like for example, you wanna dry out a new cocktail and it's like, Oh my god, I don't know how we're gonna minus this from the system. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're working in a bar, you have to dry out things. Yeah. Something goes wrong, it happens. And and I kinda of get because big be company, you know, you have to give anything everything online, but it was it was real little bit like it was a little bit like a gauge for me there. So and you know, they they have their certain like uh, contracts, where they have to order. And you're like, why, why can't we get this spirit in or this one? They're like, we can't order it because everything comes from there. We have to order from there and so on. So it, it was a little bit like I, I wasn't feeding it. I really uh, I really love, I did like the whole menu there. I wasn't like officially head bartender or anything, but I did a lot because I was just to everyone, all the other partners like, let's do it. Let's do the menu. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then I ended up, after three months, I think I left there to be a bar bar manager in a summer lounge. It was really simple. You make, like, strawberry margaritas and stuff like that. But it was good the first month. But since the place is, like, outside, like, fully outside, and Estonian summer is really not good. (laughs) Like, this, um, this summer was really nice, but years back it was like half of the summer it's just raining so when you gotta be outside all the time no one came in so it wasn't last one and a half months. it was pretty much in pain you just have for 10 hours oh, sitting, waiting waiting yeah. that maybe maybe some like strong person will come in like oh i'll drink a cocktail in this fifteen degrees weather when it's raining please
1: yeah.
2: so, 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 yeah. so why would
1: they build why would they build a bar that's totally outside in with those weather conditions what was the reasoning behind that? <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I think it's because of the location. It's um, Italian in, in the middle. There's the Freedom Square. That is like really popular place, and it's like on a hill there. And I um, think you can't build anything bigger, like all year round, buildings there because of some kind of like architectural like laws or something. Uh, I'm not oh, okay. really to be sure, but if it is a nice weather, it's a perfect place because a lot of tourists walk by. But if it's not, it's empty. But yeah, like right. in a nice in a nice weather, you can earn a lot and you can service a lot and everything. So mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of good with good weather. You can earn a lot, but at the same time, I'm not sure if it's like balancing it out actually out with the good, with bad weather. So. Right.
1: Uh, okay, so then you've already gotten sort of a lot of experience at this point, a lot of different types of experience, yeah, it was only right?
2: Like one and a half years or something.
1: Yeah, but in a short time, you've worked in a lot of different areas, like from the like doing the um, the serving when you were young, like super young, too ser- young to serve alcohol, then going to work a ferry, and then uh, as a bar back at a busy spot, and then at this sort of patio outside type place. So. You got to feel like even it's only been a year and a half, you you kind of know what you're doing at this point.
2: Well, oh, sorry. My bad. Um, year and a half was like in bar overall. By that time, I think it was like four years in hospitality for okay. four or five months. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. behind the bar by that time when I was in the summer lounge, it was a year,
3: maybe. Year
1: okay. and a half like that. So. Yeah, but you've done a lot of different jobs and sort of a lot of different types of locations so a lot of different very different types of setup Mm. Mm -hmm. so okay so where do you go from the strawberry margarita land
2: then i said fuck you estonia with your shittiest uh, summer and (laughs) i moved to spain (laughs) yeah i i moved to spain um to canary Islands. i actually went with my that time boyfriend and i was like this is gonna be our thing he was a bartender too and I convinced him, I'm like, yes, we're going to earn a lot of money and it's like summer and it's nice. And we got there and I wanted to, again, I was like, you kidding me? Seriously, you kidding me? Because uh, the problem there was that um, we we couldn't, we had to work in the um, really tourist area and because we didn't speak any Spanish. Uh, but the tourist areas, I don't know if how it is with other Canary Islands, but in Gran Canaria, the touristy area where we were working it was all like for old people and the kind of old people from scandinavian (laughs) countries who come there for 10 years a row and they book the same hotel they go to the same restaurant they want same cocktails and you get them like uh, happy hour from three afternoon until eight in the evening and you get those really crappy crappy cocktails and stuff like that so for (laughs) me it was really hard We wanted to stay for a year. We ended up staying for three months. I think Uh, one bar I was working at. uh, The way they served strawberry margarita, that they had this like, like basically like a beer beer gun uh, of glass, but with Captain Morgan logo. So you put the strawberry margarita in it, and you had to put the straw in this little like fluffy paper thing. And I was like, I can't share that. I can't, I can't, it it hurts me, it physically hurts me. But I had to do that because you had to earn the money. And it was hard also because the payments were the same as in Estonia, like hourly payments, but the rule there was that you worked six days a week, nine days, uh, nine hours per day. So you had only one day off uh, from the week and all the other days you were like fully working all the time. So it was really exhausting. So yeah, we ended up. Coming back to Estonia when I got a new offer to Finland. So, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So then you go to Finland? Uh,
2: then I went to Finland, but that was, even when I got the offer, they already told me it's like a few weeks only. Uh, I went to Finland to actually really up in the north, a little place called Loostu. It's not, they have like a ski hill, but it's not like a ski resort. It's more mainly. For British people who come with their families to visit the Santa Claus and do all the winter festivities, and <laughs> I don't like kids, and have to
3: work with a bunch of kids,
2: it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, you, you just—we had a really cool team, and I had a, one of my best friends from Estonia working there as well. So, and the payments was really good. So for me, it was like, okay, the kids are like actually like I wanted to. I don't know, I, I want to do things to them, like bad things, like I want <laughs> to do them or something. But you just put it down because you make jokes with your friends and the team was really nice and everyone was yeah. joking around. So so it was it was actually cool there, the few weeks I was there. And I would have stayed for longer, but they didn't have a spot for me. They usually, there's a lot of people only come there for the Christmas season because there's a lot of kids and families coming in for the Christmas season.
1: All right. So, um, so a so Quick
0: like, question then for you Where, where yeah. would you stay then for, where you when you were there Like did they put you up in accommodations Or do you have to get your own place for those couple of weeks
2: Actually there's uh, My friend, the same friend that worked there She later on went to Levy which is a like, huge ski resort in Lapland as well and, and most of these places It's like you pay Some amount of money and it's like Nothing actually uh, From your salary And you will get like usually, it's like two or three bedroom, like a room. You share it with two or three people. Okay. You you plus one or two. Uh, usually it's two people in one room, but you have a living room area, and you have like these little houses you get. So it's depending on uh depending on the resort, but yeah, you get accommodation. You can also always ask for like a bigger. Bigger place for your own or something, but you're gonna pay more for it. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, there is a there is a chance for that, but I was like, I'm working.
0: So you're there, there to make most money. Of the time anyway. Yeah, you're there to make yeah, money, right? Most so. Of the
2: time, so I don't care who sleeps like meter away from me. I don't really, I don't care. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so the one thing about those shared accommodation things though is like it, you never know who you're gonna get stuck with in one of these <laughs> living arrangements, right? So. Did, did you have any nightmare um, sort of roommate situations no. or did you luck out good?
2: I was, I was lucky enough that actually for first week, okay I was there for like three weeks or something but maybe I could have gotten something worse but the first week I was there I was actually all alone in my room because one girl just left and the new girl wasn't coming in and the one who came she was actually really nice she was more like quiet girl and she was like really polite and everything so yeah i was i was lucky enough i and to be it's like i don't i don't ask for much i'm like give me my space i'll give you your space we can like always we can be like let's be friendly we don't have to be strangers but give me my space and uh clean after yourself you don't have to be a crazy crazy person but i mean like just decent Decent. That's yeah. That's
1: all Don't asking. sit on the floor. <laughs> 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 so, at this point in your career, like, have you started to figure out that maybe this is what you want to do, or were you still like in the back of your mind always thinking, "Well, this is kind of just a part-time gig for me, and eventually I'm going to move on to a different type of career"?
2: To be honest, like, I, I I'm not sure if I think about that as much at that point. I was when I was in Finland, it was like also really simple buffet, waitressing, it wasn't bartending at all. But it was fun times there. But I didn't think so much about that. I mean like, I liked bartending, but I wasn't like, is it my career? Do I want to do anything else? And I, I didn't think about it. For me it was more like, I want to travel around and this, this is like job you can get pretty much anywhere because there's mm-hmm. always bartending or waitressing jobs. Um, so when I got back from Finland, then actually I started in one of my favorite bars in Tallinn called Paras Mini Bar. It's like a restaurant and bar, and it has a speaky busy bar downstairs, total gem. And I started there. Actually, the owners called me there when I got back. And I ended up working there for two years, from off and on. And actually, I think there, that, that was the place where I got more into that. Because that was my first first time when I took part of work class competition. And before that, I did some of like cocktail competitions. Just you have to make the cocktail, and that's it. But with work class, I really understood like how much more there is to the bartending. And with different like master classes and people coming in talking, I got really, uh, really, uh, really into the uh, really into this, the bartending. When we had a visitor, Laura Motte, uh mm-hmm. from Diageo. She came to Estonia and we had a masterclass with her and I was like, oh my God, this lady, like, oh my God. And yeah. she actually she actually told me like some really simple things that changed the way I was looking at cocktails. Like for example, before you start making a good cocktail, learn the basics, learn the basic cocktails, go to different guides, learn those cocktails before you start making your own. You're not that good of a partner. And I was like, wow, yeah, actually that's true. And actually, this first work class competition gave me uh, a lot of inspiration to dig more deeper. Before that, I was like, oh, I'm going to make a cocktail. Wow, I'm a bartender. But after that, I really understood more how many different, like, quarters there is to bartending. So,
1: so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Eh? Because, like, it's funny when you're just kind of coming up and it's just like your job, it's just what you're doing. It's like, oh, yeah, shit, like, I know how to make classic cocktails, I can probably make cocktails or whatever. But when you talk to when you're or you listen to somebody like that who's chosen it as their full time career and made a huge success out of it, it can be really inspiring and not to mention educational and kind of teaching you <clears throat> like like you like you mentioned, like the, the importance of going back to the basics and the classics and learning from them. Because basically all craft cocktailing, like anything else, is expansions on the originals, right?
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
1: so yeah, it, when talk to me about the world-class competition. We've had a few people on the show who have been in it as well, but can you just sort of describe, I don't know if you've had anyone yet describe exactly what goes into that competition.
3: So um,
2: what I like most about world-class, what I actually, if I think about it, what is a little bit weird is that, not, not like weird, weird is not a weird, good, good word for that, but it's like one company's competition, let's be honest. <laughs> But it doesn't, it would bother me uh, because it's such a long competition. And, you know, when someone becomes the world global, the global winner, they're like, everyone knows about them. Uh, and it's a big thing. But if you think about it, it's like one company's competition. And with any other coxie competition, it would bother me because it's like one brand. But with World Class, it actually doesn't because you get such a wide range of different spirits, from different different companies and so on. Um, uh, but what I like about most about work class is that they actually the way they charge you as a bartender. Like, if you go to a regular cocktail competition, they're like, especially like the ones I have in Estonia. I like to make them because it challenges you as well. But there's you like you have seven minutes. You can use three different components. You can do this, 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 and everything else you can do. But with work class, it's like yes, you have the rules, but it's like go crazy, show me what you got, show your stuff. And um, the cocktail presentation and the taste is pretty much equal with your with your own presentation and what you say and your inspiration and all that. So it's more it's more about you actually being like you would be behind the bar. So you have to make a good cocktail, but you also have to leave an impression. You have to talk about the cocktail and your inspiration and so on so that's why i really like competition and also it's a huge learning platform because before the actual finals doesn't matter if it's like global or your national finals you get so many master classes with so many amazing people that actually tell you about their careers and about different alcohols and they like open up your eyes about a lot of things so i, I I used to think that when I started my first job when I was a bar pack, I just got to be a bartender and uh, actually be competition started in Estonia and everyone was like, you should take part of it. I was like, no, no, I don't know anything. And now I'm the person who says the same thing to the new bartenders coming in. And I'm like, take part. Even if you don't get yeah. to the top 10, you learn so much. Just take part of it. It's, it's a good learning process. So I totally recommend to every young bartender, don't be afraid to take part of work class. It really teaches you do a lot. Oh that's from, good. from that's my good. from my from my example, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that's good to know because we haven't like obviously I said we have talked to a bunch of people who have done world class, but like no one's really broken it down and I didn't realize that they did so much education during throughout the whole competition as well. That's amazing.
2: I, I don't know how it is in other countries to be honest, but I think the program is kind of similar. Like you still have the manifest mm-hmm. and stuff, but but yeah, in Celtics, uh, because we do Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania all together. We have usually like four or five classes. You have homeworks, you have tests, you have like different levels. So it's it's really cool. It's really yeah, mm-hmm. refreshing.
1: So you mentioned that like when you were first doing sort of craft cocktailing in, uh, in smaller, like, oh, sorry, I guess you were talking about where you are now in Norway because it's such a small city that like every, everything you do, everybody's pretty amazed by. What is it like in sort of that whole Scandinavian region in general? Like, do you find that like in the bigger cities, it' like everywhere else. Like in the bigger cities, you have people who are into all kinds of different stuff, and there's lots of craft cocktail bars. There's lots of high end restaurants doing different things, or are like the people in that region more into like a pub atmosphere, or is it just any?
2: Well, I haven't been around much actually. When I moved here, it was my first time in Norway, so I haven't been even to Winter capital. I haven't been to Oslo yet. So when I want Right, when I but you've been to
1: like. Finland, Estonia, like, I mean, just sort of mean literally in like general. Oh,
2: like yeah, yeah, uh, in, yeah. in general, I mean, I think it depends on a country a lot because in Estonia, mm-hmm. if I go to my parents' place to the city uh, where near they live, I would make a cocktail. They're like, shut up, give me a beer.
3: <laughs> <Bro>.
2: <laughs> not definitely, But probably that's the vibe that I'm getting. I haven't gone out there a lot, to be honest. I'm right. not sure even. But it gives me the vibe of that. But here, I mean, we live outside of Bergen. Bergen is the bigger city. There are some coffee bars I went to. Actually, some of them I was really amazed by. Some of them were, like, pretty typical. But there were coffee bars there. And this uh, place where I live in, it seems, if you look at the center, it seems like a really small city. But actually, there's a lot of people living here. And it doesn't have this, like, countryside vibe. It's more... People are more like I would say educated not like educated by or like I don't know they like seat around so right. and to be honest there are not much places to go so for them it's like if you're already a little bit of decent place they would come to you and and we're different because we have like a little restaurants. we have some bars here not actually like bars bars like just bars we don't have in this city mm, but we're the first ones where like we have a lot of different wines and we have cocktails but we also do like little slack, snack platters and stuff but it's really classy and really nice like atmosphere so it's different but at the same time people are mind blown by the flavor plaster they're like oh right. my god you're mm-hmm. making bubbles on a cocktail I'm like yeah it actually <laughs> gives nothing to the flavor but yeah so
3: people you know,
2: like, they they want to see the show. Right. And I kind of get it. Like here we have to offer, we can't do like really one thing. You have to be more, more open. Like you have to do a little different and uh, to cocktails as well. I like can't do like really twist some Negronis and do some like really, really mi- mixology stuff. I have to be more open-minded about what people actually drink in here. Uh, that they would go to bigger masses. Like, for example, we have Born Star Martini in our uh, menu. So I have to think it through more that it wouldn't be too complicated because there's, like, um, different people here. So
1: Right. Um, and what made you decide to go to this small town in Norway? Like, what what drew you there?
2: Yeah, it was actually, it came out of the blue. I was I was two days before that. I was thinking that, okay, because of the restrictions in Estonia, blah, 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 blah. Um, I was thinking to go away, maybe again, to Finland, to the north of Finland for the winter season, just to work in a ski resort, you know, make some money, just be away from this all the noise. And then two days later, uh, it was a Sunday evening. I remember when I was thinking about it. On Monday evening, I was Googling just some places in Austria, in Finland, in north Sweden, and Tuesday, daytime, one of the Estonian bartenders, who is a friend with my boss here, he called me and was like, when I go to Norway, I was like, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> we and then we started talking, and I was like, yeah, why not? Like I wanted to go away anyway, so for me, it was just, I, I don't like this, and to be honest, I don't like to stay in Estonia, like, it's really, maybe it's just that I'm used to it, but there's like air is depressing there. Like, as I said, like people complain about everything.
3: <laughs> right. Like,
2: literally everything. When everything is good, for example, we have pretty crappy weather all the time. When the weather is good, they're like, oh my God, it's so hot. So I'm like, shut it. I like, can enjoy it. So, it doesn't so sound I really like, wanted to go.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound too different than people in where we're from here in Ontario. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all we do is bitch about the weather.
0: Yeah, um, too too <laughs> cold, too hot.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so uh, when you go out there, is it is? Are you sort of running the cocktail program? You're the manager of the bar.
2: Yes, I'm the bar manager here. Mm-hmm. So right now the bar is pretty small. We have around 40 seats, even maybe a little less. It's a small bar, but it has this amazing view uh, all all over the fjord, and we can see the mountains. That was the craziest thing for me. That the first right. time, I, first morning, I woke up here, I looked out of my uh, living room window. And I was like, if this is really the view, this is like in the movies, like huge mountains and everything. But uh, so the bar manager job for me right now is is more I, I haven't got so into that, for example. like, yes, I make the menus and everything, but we have really small teams, so um, I'm not like above anyone. so so <laughs> yeah, it's not like people are used to that. I, I manage a big team or something. And I actually never like to be above of anyone. Like if I say something, it counts. But at the same time, let's be friendly. We can be a group of people who can work together. So I don't, yeah, like, I don't like need a team. to be your nanny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't need to be yeah. your nanny or I don't have to boss you around. You can, like, if you're mm-hmm. a grown-up person, you can just actually do stuff yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah. And
1: so did you, uh, so when you're making a cocktail, so I'm kind of interested like you've obviously done this before, but like when you're making it for this new place that you moved to, and I granted, I know you haven't been out there that long yet, excuse me, but you I, you know it's a small town, you know maybe they're not used to like a cool cocktail lounge and like massive cocktail craft cocktail list and whatever what like how do you craft a list for like an experience like that?
2: Mm, well, the first list we made for the opening was actually me and the boss and uh, my boss together. Um, we just put together three of her favorite cocktails and three of my favorite cocktails. Yeah. And we just worked with that. Um in the future one one key thing that we have to keep in mind is that people here drink with their eyes, so it has to look crazy beautiful. And it's not about like a lot of garnishes. I hate that. I I, I the list is more for a few years now for me already. So um but but it still has to look for me it's like, oh my god, it's a True cocktail. I added like a little peel or like a little flower petal and I'm like, Oh my god, that's so beautiful. But for a customer here it has to be a little something little more.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: um I really have to work around that and and the flavor base what I wanna work on is it it has to be pretty simple to drink, but at the same time like I have to do like the baby steps here. So I really want to work with like the local flavors for next to the sea. So a little saltiness or like seaweed and stuff like that. But I can't push it too hard. So I have to go step by step and get people used to it. So and that's what I actually think that we as a bartender is our job to teach people how to drink, what to drink, and uh, but you have to do it in little amounts so they don't get scared.
1: Right. That's kind of exciting, though. That's like it's sort of like kind of teaching a whole community about what yeah. is available <laughs> for them and alcohol. Well, that's awesome, Katie. It was super awesome for you to come on the show. I hope you get back to a situation where you're allowed to serve booze again. Yeah, <laughs> it's that, a crazy and, situation. And to be honest,
2: I, I can't wait, but at the same time, I'm. Frightened because uh, Norwegians <laughs> drink like crazy, and I'm pretty sure the first week we're gonna be like fully open again. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't want to know what comes from. It. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, nice. rest up, my friend. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> it, rest up.
0: anything you want to promote on social media at all, like Instagram profile, whatnot?
1: Yes, I
2: would. Uh, the bar name where I work at is Yo Spider River, and uh, you can find it everywhere. Um, amazing little coxie bar we have here in opus and myself cadrian bustle it's just a little thought between the first name and the last name so go give me a follow perfect i'm, I'm total total social media bitch i love that
0: <laughs> <laughs> perfect so. I'll, put, I'll put links to both of those in the show notes for everyone
1: yeah <laughs> thanks so much for giving us your time tonight cadrian that was super amazing to talk to you and uh best of luck with the new place and like i said The sooner you get back to serving booze, the better. Thanks again for coming on the show.
2: Thank you guys for having me. Thank you.
0: Thanks very much.